All right, let's move on to our mental wellness corner. Nomfundo Mohabish is the director for the Center for Mental Wellness and Leadership in studio with us this morning. I did say earlier on, very excited to have her in studio. Uh, so, Nomfundo, last week, of course, we touched on... Um, understanding, recognizing the different clusters of trauma. You see, I'm a good student. Yeah, eh? you got it. I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> like, I can, I can read all of them to wow. you. <laughs> so so we, we, we focus a lot on traumatic, tra- on traumatic grief um, and really just the different ways in which people grieve and how that trauma stays with us, sometimes for longer than we may want it to. Mm. And what, what, what was important about what you said is that there really is no time limit. And if you have anybody in your life who's dealing with grief, you have to understand that so that you don't rush them um, through their own process. Today, we're looking at complex trauma. And um, last week, you described it as a continuous trauma that one is exposed to. So so tell us more about complex trauma. Give us the the situations, the scenarios that often result in, in complex trauma. Yeah, th- thank you, Kathy. And I think before I, I start there, I just really want to just capture for, for the people who haven't been there for the past uh, two sessions to highlight that the reason we are doing this and we're saying that is about how we navigate traumatized context. And we are saying that in a society where you have people that have experienced trauma and we've talked about it, we have to move beyond just trauma-focused interventions where we're saying people must go for the counseling, but have trauma-informed approach to everything that we do, understanding that everyone we meet is likely to have been affected by that trauma. And and the, we talked about the four areas, which we said that the, the key ones is around how do you recognize and realize the trauma, then later on you respond. So I think... For me today is really important and yesterday and, and the last one because it was about saying here is how you can recognize and realize that we've been traumatized. And complex trauma, Kathy, for me it's really, really critical, especially because we, we there's just this SGPV summit that we've been through and um, we'll be starting 16 days of activism and we've been saying that we are a society that have got high levels of SGPV and child abuse and actually complex trauma falls under the people who would have experienced that. So when we are talking, remember, Kate, we said that trauma is about the big T's, which is which, which is the ones that we'll talk about war and hijack, but also the small T's, you know, where you've been neglected, humiliated. Now, when you experience those, you will have the hyperarousal avoidance and re-experiencing symptoms. But when we're talking about complex trauma, it's usually when... Um, there is a relationship with the perpetrator. So unlike when it's, it's it's natural, like it's earthquakes or others, so a relationship with the person that has caused you the pain creates complex trauma. It's also when it is over a prolonged period of, tra- of time. So that's why we consider COVID-19 also as complex trauma because it happened over two years and our body's nervous system are not designed to deal with prolonged stress. It becomes toxic to our nervous system, but also when it is repeated. So we're looking at prolonged repeat trauma where there's a relationship with the perpetrator. And, Kathy, if it happens under the age of 14, it's even worse. I mean, interestingly, somebody asked me a question and said, um, why is there an increase of narcissism in our country? Mm. And I said, and I really thought about it, 
And part of it, Kathy, I think is because that a lot of us have gone through this prolonged, repeated complex trauma in our homes, in our relationships with our parents, which have, of course, now impacted how we show up currently as Mm. adults. Before you continue, I want you to just explain what narcissism is and and it's really a word that is coming up more and more as people try to understand the character traits of individuals including even individuals in in leadership positions yeah. and, and and understanding why these people behave in this way yeah mm. So I think it's important to differentiate Tracy between narcissistic traits and narcissistic personality disorder. Because when it's a personality disorder, really most of the time, those people have absolutely no insight. They tend to be completely dysfunctional and um, can be very, very abusive. But what we're finding in our country is increased narcissistic traits. So narcissistic traits is when people have no sense of empathy. So they don't even have a sense that they are actually hurting you. They are not in touch with their own emotions, so they can't have empathy with you. Um, They really struggle with intimacy, but also they, because they feel so insecure in themselves and they don't know that they project it to other people. So in their relationship, they belittle people, they make people feel small. The term that is used a lot when we talk about narcissists is gaslighting, Mm. you know, where... um, somebody does something wrong and then you tell them and they say you are the sensitive one so you end up thinking that you the you are the one that is wrong mm. so and you question your own sanity because now this person makes you feel that you are the one that's wrong they struggle to apologize so just when you are around them you end up your own self-esteem being affected so that's what we mean by narcissistic traits whereas people sometimes mistake it with antisocial when the antisocial people tend to be very punitive they have no sense of uh, soul and and they can really be involved in criminal activities without any conscience at all sure Let's come back to complex trauma and then you know this this issue around how particularly relationships with perpetrators and the duration of this trauma, um, how, how, how important that is to recognize. In our country, when we look at the patterns of violence that are taking place, that violence is taking place within the family structure, by and large. So often when there is trauma that has been experienced, whether it's violence, etc., it is taking place with somebody that you know, with somebody that you may have trusted. And uh, and so I can only imagine what the impact of that is yeah. on the psyche, uh, I think, of, of, of the people of, of this country. Yeah. So definitely, Kate, I mean, um, we have been attending the national, uh, the NSP and the president's uh, summit. Mm. And part of the stats that came out from the police was that the majority of sexual and gender based crimes are actually in intimate relationship with people that uh, people know. So it is really an important discussion to have. So, Kathy, I think to understand the impact that this has, 
there is, let's see if we can go through all of these by the time we finish, sure, sure. but there's really sort of seven key um, symptoms that you actually see in the people. And I just, first of all, let me maybe give some examples. So domestic violence, if you're in a domestic and abusive relationship, whether emotionally or physically, is likely to be here. Child abuse, growing up with a narcissistic or a difficult parent who's abusive and not available over a prolonged period of time, also that could be um, could result into complex trauma. So some of the symptoms, um, Kate, and you, you can stop me as we go along and let's see if we can do all of them. But the key issue around the difference between complex trauma and the ones of trauma is that is the alterations that it creates in the long term in your own personality. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we will just end up saying, ah, this one is just a difficult person, but that is actually the symptoms of complex trauma showing up. So the first one is um, alterations in emotional regulation. So generally trauma makes it difficult for you to manage your emotions, but when it's complex trauma, people really struggle to regulate their emotions so they could be self-destructive. So you'll have children who start cutting themselves because what usually happens is that because you can't self-soothe, and there are some parents who will say, my child is cutting. For somebody who's got complex trauma, cutting doesn't cause pain, it actually causes release. So it becomes an addictive way of saying, if I feel nothing, at least this thing helps me to be able to feel. Um, does, does that does that mean that that um, for 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 some people who are struggling with regulating their emotions, they just become numb? So there's a number. So they're on the extreme. Mm. There are people who are completely numb. They will mm. tell you that I feel nothing. I feel nothing and they will tell that is the most painful thing because you feel like you are dead but you are alive. Hmm. And people would even cut to say, I, I just have to cut myself to feel some kind of emotions. Because remember, the core issue about complex trauma, Kathy, is the inability to escape. So if you are hijacked or, you know, you can escape, but if the trauma happens in your home, you find psychological ways of escaping. So numbing and closing off your emotions become one way. But other people um, is on the extreme where they cannot control their anger. So they just have this constant anger outburst. They can't control their impulses. So they get involved in these destructive behaviors. Kathy, we have been finding in the work that we're doing in community that there's been an exponential increase of substance abuse in our country. Mm -hmm. And I have been saying that this, this increase of substance abuse is an indication of a generation that is highly traumatized, is carrying complex trauma because of the parents that have been traumatized and therefore these are the symptoms of that. So that is one category, emotional regulation. The other one is um, just their incapacity to be present. So they, they tend to dissociate. They remove themselves from the situation. And this is actually worse, Kathy, if it happens before the age of 15. So people will say, you know, sometimes, Kathy, it's almost as if I'm watching a video. This is not my life. It's someone else's life. Um, I'm just going to go th quickly through them, Kathy, and then you can go into details um, a bit more. The other one is um, a destruction in terms of the sense of self. So one of the things that complex trauma attacks is the sense of your I am, your identity. So you find that people end up thinking 
this has happened to me, especially in childhood, because I am unlovable. I am undesirable. I am incapable. So there's a great sense of shame. So part of the work is really to look at dealing with issues of identity. And then changes in the relationship with the perpetrator. You become so obsessed about the perpetrator. But also you tend then to see yourself as the perpetrator sees you. I mean, I've seen women in abusive marriages after 20 years. They no longer know who they are anymore, and they believe all these negative things that they, they are told. And then, of course, trauma attacks attachment style, so distortion in relationships. So when you're in relationships, you really lack trust and you struggle to trust people. And the sixth and the seventh one, sixth is that somatization. So trauma affects us physiologically, so people who have had complex trauma tend to have a lot of illnesses. They are in and out of hospital because their nervous system is overreactive. They are constantly anxious. They are not able to calm themselves. And finally, finally, this actually attacks people at a spiritual level. It changes in a sense of meaning. So you live with this sense of despair and hopelessness where all your beliefs are shattered. People who might have believed in God, question whether he is there, why are they actually going through this? So these are really the broad seven categories of what we can see. There's, there's some that um, I, I want us to 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 look at closely, and, and perhaps let's just go back to the the inability to to be present, yeah. um, b because often again when when we look at the the generation that that that, that you're talking about, system Fundo, is that a lot of parents feel that um, their children can't be present. So you're having dinner around the table, um, everybody's on their phones, everybody is more interested in doing everything else but sitting down and having a conversation. And and I say dinner around the table, that's if you even have dinner around the table because often it'll be like, no, I'll have it in my room, yes. no, I'll have it outside, no, yeah. I'll have it by myself. Is that part of a, a manifestation? Is that what we're talking about when, you, when we mean presence? Well, so so I think social media has made it easier for children mm -hmm. to dissociate and not engage with themselves. So, of course, we know that a lot of children tend to be in their base. But when we, the, this kind of dissociation that is linked to complex trauma is when a person is completely disconnected to themselves. Mm -hmm. They are disconnected to their emotions. They are disconnected to their feelings. They are just not present to whatever is happening in their life. So they don't have the capacity to sit with themselves and to sit with their emotions. And most of the time, people like that, even when they are adult, what they are likely to do is that what, if they, whatever uncomfortable feelings they have, they just project them to others. Mm -hmm. So when you are around them, you might feel worthless, you might feel useless, and they might have completely no insight as to what they are feeling inside because they are just projecting it to other people. Mm. So that is, that is it's, it's very, it's much deeper than just not being able to sit at the sure, table and sure. doing all of that, but it's running away from facing what is within. How, how, does, how does it manifest itself in a practical life scenario? 
So some of the ways in which it will manifest itself, for example, Kathy, if you've got a child mm. and you know that they've gone through a really traumatic experience, if their studies get affected, because children who dissociate really struggle to be able to sit and focus. Some of the children might even have like, you know, anxiety attacks, panic attacks uh, at times. But also it's just somebody who has an absent mind, like they, they're just not present when you are engaging with them. Mm. So those are some of the ways in which you can be able to see dissociative. And and sometimes it's, it can be difficult to get Kathy because some of the people have been used to this and they are able to kind of cover it up and people not really see. It's only when you are really intimate with them that you can mm. see those relationships mm. or when they are your bosses that you feel that they just have lack of empathy and they can't engage and enter and engage with you as a person. All right. We'll continue the conversation with Numfundo Mohapi. As you heard, we are unpacking complex trauma, what that looks like. And I think this is probably one of the um, most problematic uh, types of trauma that we deal with as a, as a society because, as you heard from her, this is trauma that one is exposed to on an ongoing basis. I'll take your calls and your voice notes. For now, it's 10.30. Let's take the latest headlines. The Talking Point with Kathy Motlatana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. We continue the conversation on The Talking Point and we're looking at complex trauma in our wellness corner today, understanding um, what complex trauma is and how it really uh, works and, and how it manifests itself in our lives um, and just the the impact that it has, as you heard uh, Sisnum Funda describing on our personalities. I mean, I want to go back to, it's, it's, it's among one of the first things you said um, around um, issues such as domestic violence, which is a form of complex trauma, and the alterations in personality that, that you, you can literally become somebody that you are not yep. as a result of that trauma. What do you often see? Yeah, definitely, Kathy. Uh, so, these things that are these seven key categories that affect your relationship with yourself, your cognition, your body, your spirituality, and your relationships. With complex trauma, they are not just once off. Remember, this is over a prolonged period of t- mm. period of time. Mm. So you find that, for example, over a prolonged period of time, just this sense of low self-esteem. You just the relationship you have with yourself. You just become someone who doesn't trust in themselves, doesn't believe in themselves, at times even self-loathe. So that is how you show up in terms of your personality because your personality is also the relationship that you have with yourself. Mm. And there are some people that end up end up being too introverted because they're trying to hide away and that might not even be who they are. But because of the trauma, that is how it has actually changed them. But also, Kate, I mean, I've seen... Um, especially in our country, this this relationship with the perpetrator. Because what happens is you end up being so obsessed about this person. And I mean, I don't know if there's someone at home or sitting there saying, you know, every time my mind is about the person who has hurt me and what Mm. they have done to me. Mm. And just that obsession about either trying to please them so you completely change yourself Mm. in order to meet their category. And by the way, Kathy, the criteria of perpetrators is like trying to reach a ceiling wall. When you say you are reaching it, it gets even higher Mm. because they, they are trying to use you to meet a big 
hole inside of them that you can't even feel. So changing the way in which you show up in relationships. So by the time you wake up and people look at you, you have even no sense of who you are. The first question I ask people who've been in complex relationship is, what is it that you love? What matters to you? And usually there's just a blank look on their faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that that is sorry, I was just no 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 problem. So that is um, so so just that change in personality mm -hmm. is one of the things that then has an impact. By the time you show up as an adult, you are just an outlet of your trauma, but not the true sense of your true self. So, so this the, this ob obsession that 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 takes place, it's really that um, you this person is always somehow not only on your mind but informing the decisions that you're making about your life whether for the better or for the worse yes and so for the people that are still in those relationships mm. you find that of course they become a domineering voice not just in your external environment but also in your head right mm. And the comments they make about you, they shape. Remember last time we talked about your inner dialogue. Mm -hmm. So they also shape your own narrative about the explanations you tell yourself about the things that happen to you. So let me say you have a difficult assignment at work and they used to tell you you're stupid. All of a sudden, that's what you tell, you're stupid, you'll amount to nothing. But what also happens, Kate, is that even when you get out of those relationships, because there are people who get out of the relationships, you carry those people in your psyche until you heal. And you may not even be aware that some of the conversations you have with yourself about yourself are actually influenced by all the things that they have actually told you. Sure. I would hear people saying that, um, well, I mean, I know very I'm ugly. And then when you find out that's what the perpetrator, whether it's your partner or your father or your mother, mm. used to tell you. Mm. So there are certain things that we have come to believe about ourselves, about what makes us worthy, what makes us capable, what makes us lovable, which at times are informed by the people that have actually hurt us. Let's talk about it from a, a parental perspective. And after this question, I'm going to take uh, the callers that are dialing in uh, this morning. Of course, you can also get in touch with us on 086-000-2032. The parental aspect of, of this relationship, um, and, and particularly of, of complex trauma, because often these are relationships that are very difficult to um, come out of. And even when you have to sever those relationships, whether you are, you tell yourself, I'm, I'm cutting my mother out of my life, I'm cutting my father out of my life, or, or whichever other family member, it's not always as, as easy as that. Yeah. So, so the, the, that inability to physically escape the trauma is one of the key components of mm -hmm. uh, complex trauma. So definitely the fact that you could not escape. So with complex trauma, you find psychological ways of escaping that mm -hmm. trauma. Um, so if your parent was really a difficult, not just even a difficult parent, but an abusive parent, a neglect parent, some of the people, the parent might have left to come and work in Joburg and you were left with aunties and moved from pillar to post. If you had sexual abuse, all of those things could have actually contributed to that. And I mean, it's interesting, Kate, that I was just reflecting that mm. um, 
a lot of us who were born in the 70s and 80s were born during the, the, the time of struggles, right? Our parents were then in the 90s or 40s. So they didn't have time, you know. They were in the struggle. They were attacked, being called boys. So the likelihood is that most of us were raised by those parents. And now we are raising our children. And our children are young adults and they are having children. So we are having mm-hmm. this intergenerational thing of a society that has high levels of complex trauma. No wonder we have such high levels of violence because our emotional or our um, our nervous system is on the rise. We are just a society that is carrying this complex trauma in our bodies. W- what is the link between violence and trauma? Oh, that's a really important question. So I always say to people that for me, violence is a symptom of trauma. Mm -hmm. And if we want to deal with the root causes of violence, one of the things that we need to talk about is trauma. Remember we said that when our amygdalas are activated, one of our response is either a fight response or a flee response. So violence is a, can be a fight response to the trauma, when our trauma has been activated. And there are a number of times when we can see that, that people, and also when people don't have the capacity to regulate their nervous system. So the first thing that happens is to just have that outlet of violence. Hmm. So we are a society that is constantly living in fight or flight mode. We are in fight, we are in flight, and we are in freeze mode, Kathy. Hmm. You see it in the increased suicide levels. Uh, which is really the flight mode. You see it in the increased depression, which is the freeze mode. You see it in the increased violence, which is the fight mode. We are a traumatized society. The things that we usually deal with are symptoms of a deeply traumatized and broken society. Sure. Sesnumfundo, I, I I love talking to you. It it really is just always such a beautiful eye-opener because you help make sense of part of what we see in, a, in, in our society uh, from a, a psychological level, really. Uh, let me go to Cape Town. Is it GV? GV? I'm not sure what's going on with GV there. Um, we'll we'll try and we'll try we'll try and reconnect. I think uh, GV may have put us uh, on hold just to be able to continue listening uh, to the conversation. Of course, I'm taking more of your calls on zero eight six triple zero two zero three two. That's zero eight six triple zero two zero three two on the WhatsApp line zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. Wow, welcome, welcome, Sister Fundo, to the program. I have a question for you. I have bought my girlfriend, and uh, this girlfriend of mine, she is, she is illiterate. So, when it comes to discussions, and uh, trying to discuss something with her, so whenever she raises a point, and uh, I try to, to say something from that point. She would quickly say, okay, it's fine. You know, you are a Mr. No, you are full of I know, you can do it. You don't listen to my points. But I try to explain to you, no, I, it's not that I'm, I'm don't listen to your point, but let us discuss so that you can have a common grounds. Then you can do whatever we agreed on from that. So so that is, that is the point I, I'm making. So I'm suspecting maybe Chef, but that trauma somewhere, somehow, maybe at school, I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm quick to judge, but maybe at school, uh, 
other people or wherever she was living with other person, other people, maybe they were taking her down. So maybe I'm, I'm just, can you please help me then? Sister Wunder, does this sound like a classic case of complex trauma? Look, I mean, we would really have to um, find out if this thing of being illiterate was really something where she was humiliated or attacked as a result of it. But I really want to just come back to you, um, a, a caller. I think from just the time you opened and said, you know, she's illiterate, it it. Just also be aware how you yourself, because of uh, labeling her as being illiterate, you might also be perpetuating these feelings of insecurity that she actually has, because that can also uh, cause uh, problems within the relationship. I've got a, a message here. It says, it says, I've been through a lot. My mom died in front of me. Um, during a WhatsApp video call, my uncle died and the day before my birthday, um, and the day before, I think she says a sister gave birth and she details other examples of just what she's been through. And in November, my daughter was raped by a family, a, fam a family member. I need advice. I suffer from uh, depression and anxiety. Mm. First of all, I'm just really so sorry that you have gone through that call. I think this is a classic example of both complicated grief, and we talked about it last time, mm -hmm. and also um, complex trauma. The first thing that I want to say is that in order for you to be able to support your daughter through the rape that she's experienced, you're really going to need to get a space where you deal with your own trauma because she's going to need you to create that holding space. So I want to encourage that you go and talk to someone and find a space where you are able to talk. I think, I think we underestimate the power of talk and being in a space where we process the trauma. Because as we said last time, trauma does not have a language. So if you can get a space to talk about, to talk about all these spaces with someone that is caring and that is supportive, then it might help you to be better able to support your daughter. The fact that you called us shows that you are realizing that there might be a problem. So I ask you, please, we had referred numbers for the South African Depression and Anxiety Group, for your lifeline, for your Center for the Study of Violence and Reconciliation. You can even get them online, but just reach out to someone, please. Mm -hmm. Let me go to Pizzo. Pizzo, good morning. All right. It looks like Peter's also dropped the line. What's what's happening with our listeners today? You're more than welcome, uh, you know, to raise whatever issue you may want to raise. I think that uh, it's a safe enough space. Don't feel as shy, you know, especially when it comes then the when the opportunity comes for you to go uh, on a system. Fundo is here, and uh, we're both here actually, ready to to listen to whatever it is that you may want to say. Kathy, good morning. Wonderful show. Kathy, uh, listening to that lady, it's very, it's very, very sad to listen to. When we're thinking about a way to fix gender-based violence, why don't we do exactly what you're doing right now? Have a TV show, bring the lady on, whichever lady it is. Let them say, you know, why are the men doing this? Why are they hurting us? Explain what's going on. See them hurt, see them crying visually. You know, visual is always a great impact as well as listening. 
and let let people see what's actually going on listening to that is very very sad very very sad brad marisberg hi this is kathy uh wow anonymous here but wow again your guest literally just put my life story in less than 15 to 30 minutes i've i don't know i've always whatever she said about being alone not caring everything absent-minded not like everything so how does one deal with this type of personality is it a disorder how how, how does one get treatment if there is treatment i guess thank you okay so just um to respond i think the issue of of trauma-informed um sexual and gender-based interventions is something very very close to my heart and um I know it's something that we are doing in partnership, but I can mention. Yes, 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 in, please go ahead. In partnership with Old Mutual mm-hmm. Foundation, mm-hmm. We, we worked in Dusikisiki. We'll be going to Tohoyando now. So definitely, I think there are conversations that needed to be had around how trauma is actually driving GPV and, and understand it from that perspective. But that's a discussion for another time. Just to talk to the, the last caller who's asking what is it that needs to be done. Over and above seeking for help, um, I want to really encourage you to talk to somebody who is trained to be able to give the support. But there is things that can be done and that we know are useful. The first one is that when you have complex trauma, as we said, you struggle with emotional regulation. So you can learn skills. You can even look online. Things like learning to breathe right, having grounding exercises, learning to just learn how to regulate your emotions. The other thing I want to repeat it, Kate, I've talked about it, but it's so, so important. Uh, trauma looks for a witness and for validation. So one of the crises of our country is the silencing of our pain. So it is so important that you find space to talk about trauma, to process the trauma, to express the trauma. When you do that, when you talk, you are moving it from the amygdala to the cerebral cortex. Never underestimate the power of being able to talk. And I think that's why we have crisis, Kathy, Mm. because our men have been taught not to talk. And they don't process, they sit with it, they will either drink it out. So just get someone that you can talk to. The third one, it might sound like um, a surprising one, Kathy, is tears, tears. You need to be able to find a space where you can grieve because with every trauma, there is deep, deep loss. And you need to get a space where you can finally, in the presence of someone that you trust who is wise, cry. We are a society that needs to give ourselves permission to cry about the losses that we have heard. And finally, give yourself time to do this. A lot of you, as we talk, you might be awakening to some of your trauma, how you've hurt other people. And what I usually find is that people become then more judgmental of themselves, which creates even more problems. Mm -hmm. Cultivate empathy for yourself and self-care. Forgive yourself for the things that you did when you didn't know better. And slowly try to see how you can begin to shift the relationship with yourself and other people. All right. Um, GV in Cape Town, good morning. Good morning, Askati, how are you? I'm all right, how are you? I'm good as well, Askati. Mm. Uh, thank you for this opportunity. Um, Askati, you know what, there's um, another point that we should uh, take to cognizance in South Africa. Um, 
the, 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 the frustration of being deprived. There's this point or factor that we tend to, to kind of look at it at face value, the issue that blacks in Africa or in South Africa has been deprived for many years. Our dignity has been trampled upon. Our tackles uh, 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 have been taken. Land has been taken. We are forced to go work in the mines. That history, that history which has gone through our parents over to us, even still today, we were called, then they said, let's go to fight and, 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 and for, for, for our freedom. And after freedom, they will see, we will see the sun shine. We went to fort. We lost our brothers and sisters in those countries. We, at the end, we, we, we obtained and negotiated uh, freedom, but still Africans are still in a thick, wet mud. We are still have no dignity. Our leaders, very same brothers and, and black, black, black um, leaders, are lying to us. They have lied to us, taken money of the country resources, and they just help themselves with their families. Let's not just reduce this thing to a personal um, developmental um, 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 issue. Mm. But we, the, moment, the moment that resources, I can learn to breathe, I can learn to control my, 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 my temper and my whatever emotions, but I have to eat. I have to live mm. under a, 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 a structure that shows that I'm a human being. Mm. Mm. Yeah, GV, um, yeah, thank, thanks for that call. And it's All such right. an important point that that, uh, that you're making there, GV, because yes. it, it really speaks to what Absolutely. the quality of people's lives is. Yes. And if, if you're saying, you're talking about deprivation, if you're looking at the high levels of poverty, being, yes. a, being unable to escape that poverty, right? Absolutely. Think escape. about the people who are needing 350 rand from government to survive Currently, on a monthly else? basis, mm. being unable to escape that yeah. and what that does for them psychologically. Uh, tell me now, with 1,000 and you go to one of the supermarkets, with what, how many plastics? Mm. With mm. 1,000? Mm. Nothing. Mm. 350, oh, absolutely nothing. All right, GV, th- thanks for, for making such an important point. Thanks, Isn't okay. it, thanks. Chivi, thank you. Thank you so much. And, and you are really just cycling us back, even as, as we are close to closing, to what I had said even from the beginning, that this work is not just about being trauma-focused, because trauma-focused says, yes, it is personal. You need to go and get counseling and work on yourself. But the trauma-informed is about understanding that this trauma has infiltrated our political life. One young person said something very powerfully. I always say it all the time that part of the challenge we have in our country is that our leaders entered into government, into politics with their trauma and they are leading from there. That's a whole conversation for another time. It's also entered into our institutions, Kathy. I mean, a lot of people will tell you that the fact that when even I go to hospital, I get treated like and nothing fulfills that very same pain. It has infiltrated our socioeconomic issues because first of all, our response to lack of money is exacerbated by the fact that not having money raises the previous trauma that I've, I've had in the past that my parents have had. 
So it is also about the historical trauma that we've talked about. Mm -hmm. So I think for me, and in terms of what he is raising, and and I hope that we're hearing this as a country, because for me, this whole conversation is about saying South Africa, it is time for us that we, we, we press a pause button, we press a reset button, and we look at how we can do things differently. Mm. We have all been affected by trauma. Let's transform our lead, the way we lead. Let's transform our policies. Let's transform our practices. When we are going to have the National Strategic Plan on GPV, let's look at the trauma that is carried by the leaders that are supposed to drive this work. So let us look at it from all these different angles. And I think GV has just raised it so powerfully to mm. show us how pervasive, how, how it affects all areas of our life. Mm. Pito, in Mafiken, good morning, Pito. Good morning, Kefi. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm good, thanks. Mm. Um, Kefi, I'm not sure. I don't know, actually, because all the things that you've been saying with your guests today, it's all me. Mm. It's all me. I believe I've been traumatized. The thing is that um, the way I grew up affected me, and I just realized now. Hmm. I grew up a fighting person. I will, I will, I will fight anybody who says anything wrong to me. I will, you know, I will shout to anybody who says something wrong to me. But I just realized now. This is a trauma. At the moment, Kathy, I'm not working. I'm in my 40s and I'm not working. Mm. And uh, the time I was working, I realized that I was, hi- I was hiding mm. behind. I was hiding my trauma behind my work. Mm. Now I'm not working. It's worse. Mm. I live my life alone. I'm so reserved. I don't. I have a problem socializing. I get irritated, things like that. So, really, I don't know. I just wanted to ask uh, the, the, the guest today, how do you approach the person who traumatizes you? How do you say that to them? Because in my family, I'm being judged. I'm being the bad person because of what, what, what I am at the moment. Mm-hmm. And now, I don't know how to approach the people around me about my situation because it seems that nobody understands actually what, what, what's going on with me, mm-hmm. really. And this has affected me because I really lost myself. Mm-hmm. I don't know who I am anymore. The people, people knew it's something else. All right. Every time when I'm on the street, it's like people are seeing something else. Mm. They don't see me. So mm. this thing is very difficult for me. System for so me. I don't know how to approach those people who are who who, who I think they, they have an effect on that. Um, so first of all, just thank you. Um, I think the crisis of our country is that people are so asleep to their trauma. So when a person is able to say, finally, I'm awake, I understand how what happened to me in my childhood actually links with this. That's the first important stage uh, of awakening. And and so, um, one of the things that I said was that with complex trauma, 
the response is that the perpetrator, the people who's had to becomes the center of your attention. I want you to bring the attention away from how to approach them or speak to them and say, how do I approach myself and how do I heal? I ask you now that you are awake to this, so please make that phone call uh, either to SADC, to Lifeline, just call someone or if there's uh, someone you know, a church that does counseling, do not sit alone. Just go and get help. The fact that you can now name it and you know what is causing your problem is the beginning of the healing. All right, Bito out in Mafike, we leave it there. Um, thank you so much for, for calling in and, and for sharing that story um, with us as well. It's such a, a difficult conversation, you know, to, to have, having to sit with oneself and having to rec- recognize that perhaps the way that we are is not just how we are, but that it is shaped and it is influenced by this entire life of, of, of different experiences and that we begin to interrogate those experiences and, and, and the mark that, the, the impact that they have left on us. Um, that's all we have time for for today. I've got a couple of people that um, are asking for um, the conversations on, on podcasts. We'll certainly make sure that they're available because it really is one of those that um, you want to go back and listen to and really make sure that uh, you're taking in all that uh, Sis Numfundo is helping us understand. Thank you so much for coming into studio, Sis Numfundo. Okay, it's always there. a pleasure chatting to you. Of course, we're not done this week. We'll finish sometime November, maybe. <laughs> Definitely. It's after, it's after <laughs> 11 o'clock. Time for the latest news with Anne.